Isabella, we launched the community uh, this past week, and I think we've identified some mistakes already that we've made, particularly in communication. And I mm-hmm. thought it would be worthwhile for us to talk through those things because as much as I want to own those mistakes and see what we can do to, to sort of fix that and, and shift course in a positive direction, I also, there are some things that I want to stick by um, that I don't want to budge on. Um, you know, I think that we sent out, we invited people to the community. We've got people coming in. We posted our first event, uh, which was awesome. Uh, I think it went really well, but we have decided, I mean, we kind of knew this was coming, but we, we basically decided sooner rather than later, this should be a paid community. And we've given, you know, founding members a couple of months of free trial to, to think about it. And we've given them like $5 a month plan for, for founding members who have interviewed and really are, want to play a contributing role. So we want to try to make it reasonable for people, but I have some ideas about why it's important for this to be a paid community. What, what are your thoughts? Um, so my thoughts are related to creating safe space and um, vulnerable space. So uh, beginning of this year, I read um, The Art of Gathering um, by Priya Parker. And one of the concepts out of many that were really great in her book um, was this idea of like closing the door. And um, the, the, the concept that by actually defining boundaries of a space and um, having clarity on who is invited to participate in a gathering and, and then closing the door behind them is actually something that helps people be vulnerable. It helps people, you know, lower the, the, the shoulders and, and um, breathe into a gathering. And I think that, I think we forget that um, there, in, in our attempts and our, our, our value of, um, you know, including everyone, democratizing things, um, we forget that sometimes it's really good to have exclusion, <laughs> that there is a positive side um, to exclusion. And, and not in the traditional definition of like literally telling people, you cannot pass, you are not welcome. It's just that we're trying to say that we're, we're instead turning to the people that we really want to welcome and not focusing on others. So it's a question of focus, not of, um, of um, like insidious uh, you know, denial. It's, it's not about overtly denying people access. It is about being able to focus our energy because it's limited, it's finite. Um, and so the, the paid community helps us um, do that in the sense that it, it closes the door to the community in a way so people can speak more freely, which is like definitely something that we want. But also um, we talked about commitment, right? And, and there's something to be said for um, asking people to commit to being a part of this community because it's not us like you and I can just keep having 
conversations like this and find, you know, some nice community, but um, we're trying to, we're trying to create a space for many people to be able to have conversations. So maybe you want to chime in a little bit on that, that commitment tip. I know you have thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I just, well, and to your point, like an open door is uncertainty, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's an open door on Twitter. There's an open door on the AAM forum. So the things that come with that, you know, there are, well, we don't need to describe problems with Twitter, right? You know, and there, so there's, but there's a performative element. There's a, you know, there's a degradation, I think, that happens with, there's value in, in that kind of openness, but we've all experienced that. That's kind of like a dime a dozen, you know, like we can, there's nothing special about that in a way. And having some sort of gate to speak to your thing about commitment, you know, I participated in too many free things where people don't show up, they don't participate, they're not involved. The, you know, if it's a recurring event by, you know, meet meetup number two or three, you've got like 20% of the people showing up and things just fall apart. And it's like, okay, it's so, and you know, I mean, there's, there's other things that contribute to that, right? Probably it's not just that it's free, but it's a big factor, I think. And, you know, I've seen even in the round tables we've held, you know, a hundred people sign up for a, a round table with an amazing guest and a super focused topic. And we've got this agenda. We've got, you know, we've got a real plan in place and we've worked hard on this. And this person is bringing years and years of experience. And, you know, of those hundred people that show up for this, free, that sign up for this free event, 15 show up. And in the, and in that first breakout room where everybody goes, all 15 people go into their three rooms, right? And the guest speaker turns to me and says, is this how it usually is? And it's mm -hmm. disheartening, right? I mean, like, I feel like I've done a disservice to that other person. And I think, you know, I, if I had put a $5 price tag on this or a $15 price tag, you know, would, would I have spared this person the, the disappointment, you right. know, of going into this event? And like, it, it's hard, I would imagine, for anyone not to take that personally. And so I don't want any of that. You know, it's a little bit of a commitment. And I think that there's a place for that. So, so this is the piece that I'm like sticking to my guns on. And I don't know, we, we don't have the pricing like worked out or whatever. Um, and we're talking about scholarship and because we do want to be inclusive in the sense of like, like if you are, if you're an emerging professional or, you know, you have, you're economically challenged, you're disadvantaged in some way, we don't want that to be a barrier in that sense, you know, price yeah. to be a barrier. If you're a, if you're a BIPOC and you already mm -hmm. have barriers within the cultural sector, like we want, that, that's why we have the need support kind of pay rate. But I think the bigger thing is that um, the point about commitment, you know, like, yeah, it it is regrettable that the way that we attach value to things is only monetary. It's like, there are two forms of commitment to me. There's like, transactional money exchange and there's like volunteerism which is like run on faith almost you know it's like i believe in this cause i'm investing my time my time is my money right and the fact is that this community um maybe eventually will have a really clear cause that that you know will align people together but that just doesn't i don't know if that exists yet because 
it, it's emergent, you know, it's like we are, we're trying to leave enough space for people to bring themselves and their um, concerns that they can't express anywhere else, right? So we can't quite say, oh, that we know, like, you know, we've talked about um, equity and um, innovation or experimentation basically being like some of the main focal points of what the community does. And I think that, you know, there is, it's clear that we need to work harder on expressing that equity DEIA um, kind of emphasis. And I think that that's something um, that we are, we're, we're talking about solutions to. Like, I think that we didn't, you know, one of the mistakes that we made is I think we weren't active enough in our kind of recruitment about how we put the application call out. And so you and I are talking about maybe we put out the application call again, you know? Um, maybe we, we uh, go more to where people are um, that we haven't reached yet, you know? Um, but the other thing is that I have just seen in my own experience talking with um, people of color right now during this time that people are so stretched to the hilt within the sector. They are being like pulled in every direction. Um, and, and they are, every, everything that I've tried to, to do in other projects actually, not, not this one, um, has had to be pushed because something has happened from the transition from summer to fall that people are just not, they're not available. They're not as available. They, they are conserving their energy right now. So that's just a fact. That's just what I'm seeing. And um, I think that that's gonna affect, you know, um, how we're able to plan our events, how we're able to schedule our gatherings um, and, perhaps a mistake was that we didn't do that already, you know, that, that we're, we're trying to have this balance between, you know, what, what people bring to the community and, and offering it guidance, giving it some guide rails, but, but not pushing too much and then also needing to plan simultaneously um, and allow for, you know, the, the people that we want to bring in to the community as experts, schedules and um, lives <laughs> to, to, to be, um, you know, responsive to, to their own energy amounts at any given time. So I just, I really, um, I really feel for that right now. Like everybody just, I mean, why did we decide to start this community during a pandemic and a crazy election year and uh, the imploding of the museum sector? I mean, I don't know, you know, but that's what we're up against now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and the other point, you know, when we talk about those guests that we're, we're, we wanna bring in, um, even setting aside, you know, <laughs> like they have their own will, right? They have their own lives. Like we can't just like call on them and they just like kind of come running. Um, and, yeah. and we need to, and, and you know, this goes back to um, 
I'm not sure what, I think these things are related somehow, but, but in terms of like the skepticism around it is paid and who is involved. So those are the two things we're talking about, right? And this whole idea of everything should be free. The other piece to that is that on the one hand, we, we, there's value around like giving something, giving something away. There's a generosity in that, right? But if we actually want to deliver on this promise of bringing in like some of the smartest and, you know, real experts in areas that we don't have expertise, we want to be able to pay those people because yes, I do. feel like yes, it is unethical for us mm-hmm. because I, I, I can't, you know, feel in good conscience, call on people to contribute without compensating them. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's so true. It's so true. And I think that there's, you know, we've seen other examples, like you mentioned earlier of communities that really haven't functioned very well in terms of creating the, the bonds and the relationships and the, you know, crosstalk that we're hoping to create, um, you know, we're not bringing in experts to come and talk at you. Our hope is that we're bringing in experts and they become participants as well. Um, they might not become members of the community, but for the time that they're there in the gathering, it's, it's, everything is intended to have a lot more, you know, as much as we can do face-to-face type of interaction, um, as possible and less of the um, kind of teacher student, you know, um, conference panel type of patterning that we've seen from, from other organizations. So it's, it's just a different thing and it, it actually requires more effort for people. It will require more effort um, to, to be more participatory and to be more responsive about what the the gathering is trying to achieve and how we can include people who attend in that. So what are we, what have we learned and what are we going to, what are we doing next? What are we going to do about it? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we're going to do is that um, I'm going to start reaching out to, to potential guest speakers anyway, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. see what we can do. It just, you know, it just, it might, it might take a while to actually get, people on a schedule so we just have to be patient and persistent that's the key is um we i mean i believe in what this community can be and so i just have to keep reminding myself that how things move forward in terms of bringing in collaborators is not a reflection on anything that i'm not doing it is it is us as uh, people who have separate lives and different demands, and um, we just need to let that evolve and and be accepting of how how available people are. So that's a lot to say. I'm going to be scheduling, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I think the other thing we need to think about is. Um, the fact that we've heard comments that so far it looks like, and I'm just going to be blunt, that most people who are participating in the community are white. You and I are both white. Um, and how, how are we actually adding clarity to the mission and the benefits of this community so that um, everyone who's an educator wants to join? 
everyone who does evaluation wants to join. Um, and so that's something that we need to work on more. And I think, you know, we need to consider um, what it means to make this community about equity and uh, diversity, inclusion and accessibility. Um, those are really big buckets and they're exciting buckets too. And they're not our expertise. Um, I am not a DEIA consultant. I am a designer. You are not a DEIA um, expert. You are a researcher. So it's, you know, it's a whole new world for us to pull in experts, but there's a lot of possibilities. You know, we talked about bringing in people from um, outside fields. And I think that might be a way to deal with the clear contraction of energy that exists in the museum field right now. So that might be where we start, you know, go outside the field, make connections between what people are doing in other sectors like UX, um, like public health, uh, you know, really diverse things and, and bring those people in. Try to at least. Yeah, uh, I love that. I, you know, I think that the people who are who are gravitating to the community now are the people are people who are open to that kind of analogous thinking or thinking in metaphors and and seeking solutions. Um, you know, from unexpected places. Uh, I know that's where I'm coming from, and that's yeah, what I've too. heard in the interviews and stuff. Community is a weird word because it's almost like a it's like a conversation circle. You know, um, I'm sure that there's an element of mutual aid that might emerge. But right now, we just want people to say hello to each other when they walk down the metaphorical block, you know. Yeah, and all this discussion that we're having today is, it's worth pointing out, comes from feedback from, from people who attended the first event, people who have emailed in, responded to, you know, the invitation to join. All those comments have been wonderful, even if, if you know, we, uh, you know, semi-disagree or 100% agree or, you know, regret some steps and see how we can do better. It's all from that feedback, which is so valuable. And Kyle, I think there's an opportunity for you specifically to um, share out what you've heard from the interviews. Because I yeah. think you've heard some really amazing confessional you know very um almost existential things from people in the interviews i haven't been able to participate in many but um we really need to put that out because people need to know um how different people are feeling like individual people have expressed how much they need this um this camaraderie they need they need hope like how many times have you heard the word hope over and over again mm -hmm. you know um yeah and obviously you know preserving people's anonymity but yeah reporting, sure. I, I, right. reporting out those patterns yeah just to reassure anybody who's <laughs> who may have uh you know because we've done quite a few interviews um Yes, I think that that's a great point and that's important. And maybe maybe I can use the community actually, you know, um, to to share out some of those findings. Yeah, well, I think another discussion like this could be really interesting as well. Yeah, maybe we should invite some community members to talk about the community. In the wow, first. Inception, I love it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
can I just say one more thing, which is that, you know, last night I was reading this book that I started reading about systems, um, general systems theory. So, you know, systems thinking and kind of like a, a perspective, a ecological perspective on life um, that comes out of biology. And one of the things that they talked about was this idea of like um, positive deconstruction and the idea that, you know, things, when things fall apart, there is a, um, a dissonance that happens for us because there's a, there's a vacuum that's created. But that, that space exists for a reason because you need the space in order for the, the starlings and the ants and, you know, all these creatures that manage to create order in nature without, you know, leadership, how, how they reconnect and form new pathways is made possible by the gaps. And so I think that it's, it's good to remind ourselves that um, it's okay to have gaps. It's okay to be um, uncomfortable. It's okay to, God, dissonance is the perfect word right now, I think. Mm. Um, and, and I think I'm glad we're doing this conversation because it's a way of embracing the complexity of that. Um, and I hope that other people are willing to embrace that with us. Yeah, it's such an important point, right? It's like the, the, if we were to land with this community with, you know, us, whatever that perfect ideal of, you know, mutual aid and diversity and, I mean, that it's not even possible. And, and it wouldn't, in a way, it wouldn't be re reflective of why the community need, needs to exist, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Can you say it again? One more time. It's, yeah. It makes me think about, you know, what, what would be a perfect outcome? Like we open the community and we have this perfectly defined, you know, sort of mutual aid model, you know, that, that gives people all the access they want and also allows us to pay people and we have representation all across the board. All and roles, all ages. Uh, yeah, like, wow. Mm -hmm. Keep painting this perfect what, picture. <laughs> I mean, if it were, I don't know, it's interesting. Like, like uh, that would be ideal. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's at all possible, but it would be ideal. Mm -hmm. But then part of me wonders, like, would it even be reflective of the struggle or the challenge or the promise of the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Part of me thinks that we have to start off on some wrong feet. I think, real. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, th there's no way that, <laughs> um, there's no way that we would get everything right. Yeah. It's just, um, there's too many unknowns because we're not selling a, a product that comes out of the box and starts running. That's just not what I think a virtual community is. If the, if the community was literally just about following your work and it was literally just a new way for you to post your, you know, newsletter, 
that would be out of the box. You know, it would just be you as the impresario that everybody is gathering around. But that's not what we're doing. We're trying to evolve from the work that you've already done. And so that takes a little bit of a leap of faith um, and a lot of um, uncertainty in terms of what that will be. But we, we could create that other community where on the Sure, you could roll it back and change it. <laughs> no, it would no, be no. Easier, a separate Kyle. community, please. It would be easier. <laughs> it would be easier. Well, yeah, because it's a binary, right? I mean, it's like opting into sure. the newsletter or something. Like you, you yeah. either like it or you don't, and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Isabella. To be Thanks, continued. Kyle. Bye. Bye. Waving like a fraggle. <laughs> Are you literally right, hanging so, up? Do you feel good no, about that? No, I just, yeah, yeah, I, th I think, I think that's good. What do you, what do you think? I think it's good. I think it's like, um, I think it's hard to talk about, you know, just ethnicity as if it's the only diversity element. Like it, it's, um, it, it, it's a false, you know, uh, thing because there's, there's so much, there's so much more um, that brings different perspectives and it's hard to talk about. It's just hard. You know, I'm not practicing it. I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody who is having this conversation all the time and maybe I should be more, but it's fucking difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. This has come up a few times in the interviews, um, that I've had and, you know, just like acknowledging the awkwardness and the, you know, all that sort of Stop. What if what if the community ended up being only white people talking to each other? What if it was only a community for white people to deal with the fact that they don't know how to handle or or talk about comfortably DEIA and they want to and they need to get over how the, the uncomfortableness of that? What if that was the community? You know, how how bad would that be? Um, it would serve a purpose it would be good allyship, you know, like we have work to do like on our own. <laughs> so what if there was a space to do that? How bad is that really? Yeah. So, oh yeah, maybe that'll, maybe that'll happen. But I think, um, how committed are you to the DEIA stuff? It's a big bag, but I think it could be really interesting with your research. That's the thing is, so this is why, it, you know, uh, DEIA is a core part of this is because problem-based research, part of the problem, the promise of problem-based research is, you know, that it does, it is a systematic and practical way to bring in different and other voices. All voices. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. the dominant I mean, voices. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle, what is the succinct funding model for paying people to come in and speak who are experts? For roundtables and sort of one-off discussions or lectures, those sort of like one-time events with a guest speaker, that is free for 
community members. And those are really, those guests are still paid, but they are paid with those monthly or annual dues. And then for more intensive things like workshops or courses where we have these sort of sustained, you know, week after week um, interactions with stuff going on in between, um, those are community members get a reduced price on it. But there is additional, um, an additional fee for that because we have to pay people more. Yeah. So the idea is that in some ways the community and the connections between people who are part of the community becomes a kind of elevated once people are actually learning and participating in these experiences together. So they're really actively doing within the workshops and the courses. And that's where we get a lot of the crossing of disciplines and, you know, deeper engagement in terms of how to make changes, whether in your organization or with yourself. It's like, it's like a community, but also it's kind of like an alternate learning school, you know, like, like, is there, is there like a really clear analogy we could come up with for people to understand like what it is? So like years ago, um, you know, there was this organization that started in New York called Trade School. And the idea was it was like community-led um, learning, you know, on in person with other people. So it was very much um, cooperative model and um, people would just sign up for random classes in limerick writing and you know leather belt making and just all different types of things so it makes me think of that a little bit in the sense that we've been like you can make an event like you can just do something yourself within the community um but well, it's more than that you know because we're also bringing people in yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's it's more than that. It's also a little bit more focused than that. But, you know, everything you say makes me think of um, Ed Rodley's recent post. Did you see that about guilds? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I was going to write about that, actually, but there's a lot of overlap there, I think. Um, you know, it is a place of, uh, the community is a place of kind of a place of learning. The metaphor I've um, been thinking of so much lately is, you know, a garden. And I just keep thinking about it all the time, you know, which is, um, uh, I was talking with a, in a, one of our breakout rooms in our first meetup in the community with someone about, you know, there's the difference between the French garden and the English garden. <laughs> super super controlled right and you're yeah, like planting yeah, yeah. All the perfect you know where and, to walk you yes. walk here you don't walk there yeah yes yes mm-hmm. very controlled and and the english garden is um you know there's there's structure but it's like a wild structure and i've been thinking about that a lot you know because what mm-hmm. our what i envision us doing is trying to create not even planting specific seeds but creating like fertilizing the soil (laughs) in such a way and like creating the atmosphere and sort of setting the stage 
so that we can see something unexpected grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful metaphor, I think. Yeah, because the English garden is definitely a little bit more emergent in the way I was talking Mm -hmm. about where, you know, I think there would be a lot more pollination and and things would grow perhaps in unexpected places and you would decide whether that's, you know, the direction you want things to go in or you would move them or whereas the French garden is just like, you have a plan that you have made in advance and you are just waiting for the plants to realize that vision. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we, you have some stitching to do, man. This is going to be a hot mess, hot mess. Have fun. (laughs) Thank you. Make it work. (laughs) 